We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to get ready for today's game between the Ducks and Beavers. Oregon will win the rivalry game. 38-29, the final score. How about we go to the Pac-12 championship game next weekend? How's that sound? This is the Ducks Game Day Rivalry Special, brought to you by P.G. Long. Your Northwest flooring experts, online at pglongllc.com. Now, here are your hosts for the Ducks Game Day Rivalry Special, Dusty Hara and former Oregon Ducks star Cole Linehan on Portland's Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. Welcome in to a very special edition of the program, which will be a podcast that is coming to you soon on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dusty Hara. Along with me for this journey is uh, we will talk Oregon Ducks and all things Oregon Ducks on the program where the Dan Lanning has be made commonplace here in the state of Oregon is Cole Linehan, former University of Oregon defensive lineman, uh, now high school football coach. Banks Braves heading to the state championship. Congratulations, coach. Hey, thank you very much. But uh, a, a former duck yes. joining us. And we thought that what better time to debut this and to make this trial run than Oregon versus Oregon State. Uh, you are an in-state guy who through and through, um, you know this rivalry inside and out probably better than, than most would. But, Cole, I, I wanted to introduce you to the people uh, of Portland and our listeners at The Fan because uh, you got a fantastic story about how you even landed at the University of Oregon back in 2004. Absolutely. You know, hey, I'm just happy to be here with one. I'm excited for the program. Um, I'm excited to get this thing started. And like you said, this is awesome to do it on a day like today where people are driving down and, and getting ready for a game that they all love in the state of Oregon. Um, and so, yeah, we're talking ducks, talking beavers. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right. How did you end up becoming a, a, an Oregon duck? Let's start with your story yeah. of, of being at the University of Oregon. You were there from 2004 through 2008. Uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty good run of Oregon football where you get the crossover of uh, Bilotti's final years and then what eventually vaulted Oregon into the Chip Kelly era. Yeah, I guess I would say the way I got to Oregon is pretty unique in terms of what kind of family background I had with, you know, the other school. So, uh, you know, growing up, I was a Beaver fan. You know, you know, my, my grandpa went to school there. My uncle went to school there. My mom went to school there. And, of course, when I was getting recruited, my brother was there. So, um, you know, I think it was everybody in my family in maybe the state, including Oregon State, you know, thought I was going to be a Beaver. Um, so I went through the process. Went through the recruiting process, and I and I guess it was a little different because I saw what it was like, like a coaching change at Oregon State when my older brother was there, uh, in the middle of it, and I saw that kind of what that did to a program and just how, just the you know you just don't know how things are gonna be with a whole new staff coming yeah. in, and and I liked the stability at Oregon, I liked the recruiting in Oregon, and I just liked where I thought Oregon was headed. You know, like future, like looking future wise, I just thought that that group of guys, that group of coaches, you know, the kind of recruits they were bringing in, there was opportunities for a lot more success. And so 
when I went through the process, I mean, it was, it was hard on the family. I'll be honest. Like, you know, I can remember the day I told my grandparents who were long, lifelong Beaver fans had season ticket at, at Parker stadium since the stadium was built. You know, he was a, he went to, he was in, in early forties. He was, he was going to school there. So, um, you know, my grandma, I still don't know if it was, if it was tears of happiness or <laughs> tears of sadness when I told her I was going to be a duck, but, um, you know, it, it also added to the fun, you know, yeah. just having that rivalry between Josh and I, um, and, you know, getting to see both sides and, you know, I mean, going to Oregon is the best decision I ever made. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's something that, that I have no regrets about just made lifelong friends, lifelong experiences. And, you know, I got to see the, the, the start of something pretty special at a place like that. Now you mentioned that, that your brother was at Oregon state. So you saw that coaching change and, and your brother, Josh will be joining us, yes. uh, gonna... because you guys are very unique, um, circumstance you guys are brothers that played against each other in the civil war and that's a really cool thing so we're gonna have josh linehan on uh to talk about what that was like and you know uh, as the intermediary i can just poke both of you and see (laughs) if maybe i get a brotherly fight going on but uh you mentioned you mentioned your your grandparents did you notice that they started treating josh a little bit better than you after that or did they just keep it fair well they certainly went to more of his games (laughs) um so just but no they they were great about it you know i think the whole family once you know once i went there once i made that decision you know they start i saw my mom in duck gear you know she would go to the the games my i even saw my grandpa and and, and your fans will hate to hear this but you know he put the organ o on out of love for me and so you know i mean obviously when family gets involved you know your the true loyalty lies there right and so they you know they were great sports about it um i just i think they got i haven't seen any organ stuff on anybody that went to school at oregon state since i graduated (laughs) of course but uh no it was it was a good it was fun it was a good deal it was just added to the enjoyment of of the rivalry too and it's something that we are going to be able to see today uh the moment that you got to share with your brother as he was an offensive lineman you were a defensive lineman Today, we get Mateo Uyunglele and DJ going head-to-head against each other. It's very rare when you have the brothers going side-to-side, but uh, we're going to take you guys behind the curtain to what it's like to actually go against your brother in a civil war when your uh, brother Josh joins us in a little bit. But what, what are some of the lasting memories that you have from this game, Oregon and Oregon State? Because uh, it's it means a little bit more to those guys that are from the state of Oregon, which you are. Absolutely. And I've always said that, you know, I, I look at a roster and you see how there's not many people from the state of Oregon on either one of those yeah. rosters, especially in the starters. Right. And so it's just, you know, the guys that are from here and understand the rivalry, grew up with the rivalry. They just they know because it's not just about the game of football. Right. I mean, you have friends on both sides of the rivalry yeah. that you know, probably are more invested than you at times, just because, I mean, I could, I could remember time and time again, hanging out with buddies that were Beaver fans, just had such a hatred for the Ducks. And here I am as some of their best friends, like, hey, I'm a duck, <laughs> you know, and they would always just kind of push off that. But, you know, as far as, me- I mean, you're, yeah. you're fine, yeah, you're, yeah. everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so when you grow up that, you know, that, you know, the, the weekend after Thanksgiving, the, the Ducks and the Beavers are playing, um, it's just 
it's just something that you want to, you know, you want your team to win so bad because it truly yeah. is a year long, you know, I've been hearing it from beer fans all year about them racking off, you know, run after run and beating us last year. Right. And yeah. so, um, it, it's special. And I, you know, I can remember a couple, a couple times, like I, you know, I remember going down when I was a freshman and getting beat, um, at Corvallis when I was just redshirting. But I looked at their roster, and they just had a ton of dudes from Oregon on the roster that were yeah. playing. I just felt, and I, I had, we had very little. I think Kellen Clemens might have been the only one, right? Um, and there, I mean, there's probably a couple other guys, but it was just they. I honestly felt like they took it more seriously than we did, right? Yeah, like it was more personal, more to personal them. to them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they're now with the transfer portal and with guys coming in that maybe don't have a history in this in the Oregon with with Oregon. It's it'd be interesting to be in the locker room now, opposed to when I was there in you know oh four to oh eight, and yeah. just to see how things are different. Because I wonder, I wonder if it is different when you have guys that that don't understand the history, they don't they don't understand what this means to the state. Because there's a lot of guys that aren't from the state, yeah. um, and so you know, it's it's a great time. And obviously, when the stakes are high, right? Those are the, those are some of the memories I have. Like if I think about a memory that stands out, obviously it's two thousand eight. Yeah, um, you know the beavers were going to uh you know they were slated to go those to the rose bowl and you know they we had in their end situation yeah, for him we had not won there uh since 1996 you know it was going back and forth you know the home team winning and so i mean people had their tickets booked to pasadena i mean they assumed that they were going to beat us right um and you know we went in there and and played a lights out game and and I can remember roses being smashed on the ground. I can remember walking through, you know, this this uh the field afterwards and just seeing people's faces defeated because they just felt like there was just such an opportunity missed, right? And it makes it more fun for us. You know, even to, to bring it back to, you know, my family ties. You know, um I I didn't didn't go away from Beaver fans because I married a Oregon State yeah. uh Beaver and she tells a story that she was at that game, right? And she was they were thinking they were going to the Beaver game. This is before we knew each other. We but we were from the same town and she was with a uh, a, a mutual friend of ours. Um and she was like, Hey, you know, the, the Beavers are losing, but you know, isn't it so awesome that Cole's having such a great game? And she looks at her and she goes, I don't care if Cole is having a good game. <laughs> we're supposed to go to the civil, we're supposed to go to the, the Rose Bowl and we're losing. And so, you know, a couple of years later, her and I get married, but uh, that was just kind of a funny story looking back and just see how, you know, how that. this, how the, the Civil War affects so many people, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm sure it was it, like it was different back then too because you think of the magnitude of it even though they had the transition from Dennis Erickson to Mike Riley Mike Riley he intimately knew that rivalry mm, absolutely Mike Bellotti and that your entire staff from when you played all of those guys were either players or they'd been coaching there for 20 plus years at the time you're going through that what is like Mike Bellotti saying to you guys in the locker room when you break that streak when it's been 12 years and six trips to Corvallis and you guys had lost what was that celebration like in your locker room where you guys have to walk up the ramp, go across the street, you're walking like a half mile, yeah. and then what does Bilotti say to you guys as, as you guys are celebrating your rival's demise? Yeah, I mean, that's, 
that that locker room and that, the the locker room there at Oregon State is not the uh, the, the largest thing in the world, not the nicest thing in the world. Uh, but man, we had that thing rocking. You know, you after you you leave a situation like that where your offense just goes off and you 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 prevent them from you know getting the opportunity to go to the Rose Bowl and you walk through. I mean, those fans like, that walk up to the the bas- I think it's the basketball yeah. you know arena, whatever the old one maybe where the locker room is. You know, fans are lined up there and they're just all telling you how much they love you, uh, you know, in their in their own little way. We have two fingers. Yeah, up yeah. In the air. yeah. And so just the celebration. And, you know, that was cool, too, because Bellotti and his staff were all so connected to that rivalry, too. Yeah. You know, and so leading up to it, it was always such a fun week. I know they always say, you know, every week is the same. We just got to uh, Oregon versus Oregon. It's like, well, when the Civil War came around, it was different. Like, yeah. Yeah, I remember as a scout guy, they let us um, – we got to decorate our helmets and do all kinds of fun stuff and and um you know just try to try to you know make the 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 starters upset or yeah. you know try to take shots at them so i can remember my helmet i i put on there just you know being an Oregon guy knowing the little history i had uh Derek Anderson, first team all all state. Derek Anderson, state championship, and then Callan Clement's second team all state. Callan Clement, you know, and so just like shots like that that I knew, like little yeah. little things, right? Where um, there was a, some history there. So it was, you know, it's always a fun week, um, and I hope that they still do it now. And, and unfortunately, you know, this is the last game for a while, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, you know. You, you can't beat this week and, and, I, and it's just it's I think about it every every time it comes around I think about all the the good times of, of preparing for the beavers and and just how much fun that rivalry has brought to to me and and people around me let's get into this game uh, a little bit more in depth with the, the very special matchup that you had with your brother Josh Josh Linehan former Oregon State offensive lineman brother of Cole Linehan joins us next to get the beefs perspective and what that game was like Back in 2005. This is the program, a special edition leading in to the Oregon-Oregon State matchup right here on 1080 The Fan. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Ducks Game Day Rivalry Special, brought to you by P.G. Long, on your home for Oregon Ducks football, 1080 The Fan. Welcome back into the program as we are getting closer and closer to kickoff of the 127th installment of Oregon and Oregon State's rivalry. This one down in Eugene and right here on the fan with a 5.30 kick. Now, this rivalry used to be called the Civil War because... Back in the day, a sports writer said it was brothers in arms going head-to-head against each other, and nothing is more true than that than the guy that we're bringing on right now. He is the brother of my co-host, Cole Linehan. It's Josh Linehan, former Oregon State offensive lineman. Josh, thanks for taking a few minutes for us, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you guys? Well, we're, we're fantastic. <laughs> I know it gets a little tense around uh, the Linehans but we'll come this week, but you guys had a really special experience having the opportunity to play against each other. 
What was that like for you in the preparation in the week leading up to that game where you're sitting there looking at the other side and your brother is, is somebody that you're preparing to go up against? Well, it was, you know, the, the whole thought of it was, was exciting, you know, it's like, and we, you know, when, when we were younger and like when he actually made his uh, decision to go to Oregon, um, you know, it's one of those things where I was, I was searching so much for something positive about him going to Oregon, you know, <laughs> and it, it was, it was tough for, for, for a little bit, but I was like, Hey man, you know, like you're, you know, you're D lineman. I'm an O lineman. You know, the only way fat kids are going to get some publicity is if we're brothers playing against each other in the civil war. So, you know, maybe we get a little, little, little press for this, you know? So, so but we had never actually, actually played against each other, which, you know, we were looking forward to, but you know, injuries, man, you know, can take, takes a toll. So I was, I was out for both the ones that we would have, uh, would have faced off against each other though yeah that was the most that was obviously unfortunate because you know we talked about so much playing against each other and but you know the thing that rings you know the the fog bowl stands out to me and i think the fog bowl is probably a great memory for myself and a, a not a so much great memory for for josh but um just to kind of to tell the story behind it a little bit was you know, Josh had obviously been starting for the Beavers all year. Um, I think the week before, got a high ankle sprain against Stanford. And it was just an unfortunate situation, right? Because the buildup was there between he and I. Uh, we got to, we got, we're getting a chance to finally play against each other. Um, and then, you know, they actually tried. He, he warmed up that. He was in his shoulder pads. He was fully ready to go. But they, you know, they tried everything they could to get him ready. He was a, a late scratch. And then it kind of turned into one of my favorite memories was the Fog Bowl because it was the first time I ever got to play in the Civil War um, and had an opportunity to, you know, get a sack, force fumble, and, you know, even a, even an interception as well. And so to do all that with Josh on the sidelines watching made it that much more special. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was it was a bummer we never actually got to, to go head-to-head, but that was one time. That was as close as we got. What? Yeah, yeah, it was as close as we got. So, what was no, uh, was, what was the scouting report on your brother leading into the game? Do you remember what? Do well, you remember I mean, what you guys said about him? Block him, you know, single blocks, and don't worry about the double teams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, you know, it's like I I don't actually remember what the kind of the scouting report was on going in. Um, you know, obviously, I you know you, you do kind of remember the fact that like you know you know they're mentioning like, like whenever he, his name comes up, you know, like people are looking at me or there's some comment about it, you know, about like, you know, don't screw this up type of thing, you know, like you better, you know, take care of little brother, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I, I can't think of it. Like I was actually more worried about trying to get back so I could actually do it, you know? So, cause like with the, the ankle sprain during that, that Stanford game, you know, I was, I was kind of, I'm unsure if I was actually going to be able to get in. So I was just trying to rehab it as much as I could because in that, in the anticipation that, that, that was going to happen. So. Yeah, we, I mean, we ended up having a little, you know, I'll share this story. We, you know, we had a ton of family there. They're all wearing their, 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 their platypus, whatever sweatshirts, you know, Oregon, Oregon state. Uh, and so after the game, you know, we went, Josh stuck around and um, hung out in Eugene after the, the Ducks victory. And, you know, I was probably feeling pretty good about myself after the game. And, and I kept chipping away at Josh, chipping away at Josh. 
Um, and he finally was like, hey, okay, you, you got yours. Now let's go outside. And we, we <laughs> went out not to fight. You know, we don't, we're, not, we're not going outside of a, of, of a bar to fight. We're going outside to do a little one-on-one action um pass rush and so that's what we did the family was all there we walked out of the bar uh you know we got in our three-point stances i think my cousin said you know was the you know was the foot with the ball and uh unfortunately you know in the end he he got his hands on me and he threw me into some metal chairs um you know (laughs) well i mean i mean through i mean it was one of those things where you know i had leverage on you and you know i i got the position and i you know i i may have i may have finished you and not really realized that there were some really hard metal (laughs) chairs right behind us but you know that that i don't you know know, just i went high on my swim and my arm was up i exposed my ribs and oh boy, went for a ride. I so, love that so. story. And we're just surrounded yeah, I, by family too outside of well, the Well, I, I, th- I think also the after effect of that was, you know, that, that he may have cut his leg pretty deep on one of those chairs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I broke my uh, phone and cut my leg. So, yeah. was, uh, yeah. so in the end, who really won? Uh, right? You know, who really, who really won the know. game? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, they, they, had, they had numbed up my ankles so much that it was like to the point where like there was no way I was going to be able to play. Like I couldn't feel my knee. I couldn't feel my leg like below my, you know, like my foot hitting the ground, you know, but by the time, like after the game, it was numbed up just enough for me not to feel it. So, you know, I had to, you know, had a good one-on-one. So. Everybody always says they have one play left in him. He had a play <laughs> yeah. left in him that night. <laughs> there, there, there you go. And you used all of yours up uh, earlier in the day. Um, you know, yeah. we're talking with Josh Linehan. Uh, this is the program. It is a Ducks podcast with Dusty Hara and Cole Linehan. Uh, this is the first run, and it's on the airwaves of 1080 The Fan as we get ready for Oregon and Oregon State coming up 530 right here on The Fan. You know, Josh, leading up to a week like this one, you know, we got Cole's perspective on the Oregon side of it. From the Oregon State side, what was the messaging of your staff and your team leading up to this game and, and any time you played the Ducks? Well, I mean, the I feel like, you know, and I'm sure Cole can attest to this, it was always it was always kind of exciting because, like, you know, you didn't like them. And, it, and like, when I say you didn't like them, it's not – you know, as we kind of, we kind of grew through this thing and I got to know like all of, you know, Cole's buddies, you know, and kind of became friends with them, you know, kind of took on kind of a different, different light where it was, you know, it was more not liking the fans than the actual like players, you know, cause like, you know, look, looking across, we kind of like, like, like knew all those guys, you know, I rooted for them to do well, you know, just on their own, you know, but it was, you wanted to, to, to beat the fans and to kind of shut the fans up. And so everybody kind of, kind of knew that going in and anybody that was from Oregon, we had, you know, quite a few, uh, you know, local kids. And so that, you know, every, every one of those kids always knew that it was, it was something, you know, so like, you know, the old kind of the old adage that they know the bragging rights, you know, it's like, but you'd, you'd like to be able to talk trash to your friends that are duck fans for a whole year, you know, just, say you know because you know in especially in the years that we didn't maybe do as well you know it's like if you get one on them you know like that was you know that that, they'll get you kind of get you through you know but um the messaging was always pretty 
you know, depend. We had you know a couple different coaching staffs, obviously, when I was down there, but um, it was always pretty harsh. I, I would say, as far as like you, you could tell that like you know you definitely want to win that game, um, and it was and it was they were serious, you know. So and you know the kids from Oregon that that knew about the rivalry and kind of felt that you know throughout their lives, like they they knew what the score was. They they knew you know like we got to win this one. So yeah, I always felt like it was, that. It was, it was, it was always fun though. I always felt like it was our duty as being the Oregon kids to let everybody else from Oregon know how much this rivalry meant to us. You know, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you felt the same way, but it was just kind of, I th- and they probably just, they, they probably realized it just based on how much it meant to us, just the way we acted throughout the week and how much we talked about it. But the coaching staff brings up to a next point, you know, when, it, when we talk about coaching staff, you might be see a familiar face in the wrong colors in your mind over with the Ducks. Um, how do you feel, you know, with Coach Kavanaugh? I mean, the Coach Kavanaugh was, was Josh's coach at Oregon State, a, a beloved coach that, that, um, that he had there and is now helping out the Ducks. And so I know you and I have kind of went back and forth on this a little bit. I'm excited he's a Duck, but just your thoughts on him, him jumping ship and, and wearing the Oregon O. Well, it, it's weird, man. To tell you the truth, it's weird when I like when I talked to him before, uh, like at the uh, the Nike Coach of the Year clinic. You know, we were talking about it. It was just it, it's one of those things where you're talking to him and he's like, and he's wearing the Oregon stuff, you know, and it's just kind of it's bizarre, you know. And you know, and I get it, you know, with you know that is a you know you are moving around a lot when you are one of those coaches because it never lasts as long as, you know, it should, or you want it to, or you move, you know, like you get a different job. And, um, but it's, uh, you know, I think that Cav is, he's one of those coaches that, you know, you kind of, you think back and like, like that is a guy that really taught me, uh, the majority of what I know about, you know, coaching offensive line, playing offensive line, um, just kind of the way you approach the game. Um, and so, you know, you, you kind of, as you get older, you know, it's, you, you're not, I'm not mad that he's down there, you know, it's just kind of weird, but you know, I do like he'll benefit whoever he's around as far as, you know, just kind of you know, d- developing guys kind of in the right way. So, you know, I'm happy for you guys in that respect, you know, but it's still, it's still weird to have him down there, man. <laughs> I know, I'm happy for us too. I mean, of all the big, big pickups we had in the portal, I, coach Cav jumped out to me as the guy that's like, this is going to be the difference maker. This is the guy. You know, uh, Josh, this rivalry flipped every year that you were there. You know, the home team winning every game was, was commonplace. Was there like a, a, a moment or any lasting memories from like the wins, the, the highs of the wins or the lows of the losses that, that stick out and resonate with you? Um, you know, there are, there are a few. Um, I, I remember, you know, cause the ones that were, that won at home, none of them were really that close, you know? So like, you know, there are some other ones that, you know, you know, kind of recently that have been close or, you know, within a couple of points, but the most of the ones that we played in, uh, they, they weren't really close. And so I do remember having a thought when we were, so it was my, the first civil, actually the only civil war I actually played in was when I was a sophomore and, um, Haloti was across from me. And I do remember we were winning by enough to feel kind of comfortable that we weren't going to lose it. 
And then I just remember going up against him and literally being picked up off the ground just a little bit um, and then kind of put back down and then hitting him again and then kind of just realizing like, yeah, we're winning. But did that just happen? Did somebody, did another human being just lift me off the ground? You know, <laughs> that was a, that, that was a kind of an interesting memory, you know, kind of meeting him and going against him. And, um, I do like actually the, one of the memories I remember when I, I was actually injured during the civil war, um, like at, at our place when I was a senior is I think that, you know, kids climbing down from the stands, you know, to, to get on the field and, you know, it being a late game and those late games, you know, how the students are, they've been at it all day and, maybe saving a girl's life from falling into one of the, the jet heaters we had on our, on our sideline because, she, you know, she didn't know where she was, you know? Wow. So, it was, you know, like, like grab it, like, you know, it's, it's back when those little back, they always were in those little backpacks. Where, yeah. And um, I remember just grabbing the backpack and lifting her up and being like, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, we won. We won. I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> those done. night games get weird. I remember 2004. Yeah. I remember 2004 just in a different side too. Obviously we, you guys beat us up that year uh, and we were both fighting to go to a bowl game. I think we were both five and five, but one thing yeah. that stands out to me is just, the, the organ presence of that game. You know, I think Derek Anderson had a great game through for over 300 yeah. yards, but another one stands out is Bill Swancutt just went off. Yeah. And yeah. he's another organ kid that just understood the rivalry and, you know, got after us, you know, at the D line position. And so, yeah. um, you know, and that, you guys caught, had a, a pa- caught a pass too, didn't yeah, he? I think so. You guys had a ton <laughs> of organ kids on that, that, that team that, that beat us up that year. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, those, and yeah, Bill, Bill did t- kind of take care- take over that game. That was a that was that was a good one. So, but yeah, we we did. There was there was actually quite a few Oregon guys. You know, like kind of the the ebbs and flows. I think depending on you know coaching staffs and you know just I guess the talent in the state at that time. But um, yeah, that was a it was a pretty pretty cool one right there. Well, Josh, we appreciate you uh, sharing your memories from the Oregon State side of things, and uh, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, man. Thanks, guys. Hey, man. Appreciate you. There he is, Josh yep. Linehan, your brother. You know him pretty well. Um, <laughs> and the, that's a really cool memory that you guys got to share and something that not a lot of people get to do. Um, and we get to see it today with Mateo and DJ Uyunglele going up against each other in this installment of Oregon and Oregon State. Let's di- dive into this game, the matchup between the Ducks and the Beavs. This is the program, an Oregon Ducks podcast preview on 1080 The Fan. <laughs> This is the Ducks Game Day Rivalry Special, brought to you by PG Long, on your home for Oregon Ducks football, 1080 The Fan. We are getting closer and closer to kickoff between the 127th meeting between Oregon and Oregon State. You can hear it right here on The Fan. A kickoff set for 5.30 on Fox between the Ducks and the Beavs. Uh, it was great catching up with your brother, uh, Josh Linehan. Dusty Hera, Cole Linehan, this special edition of the program uh, rolls on. Let's start talking about this game. Um, it does, The stakes don't get much higher. We've been talking about, we had two segments here of talking yeah. about how important this game is locally. But if you look at it for the Oregon Ducks, sitting at number six in the country right now, their college football playoff hopes can still be alive. All you got to do is take care of this one first, and then you can start focusing on the potential of a college uh, or a Pac-12 championship game. 
this is all you could want if you're Oregon heading into this game. Absolutely. I mean, going from losing to the Huskies at their place to only playing better football every week, I feel like we're just getting better and better uh, to have you know everything in front of us still take care of the Beavers this week. You know, think about an opportunity to play against the Huskies, you know, in the Pac-12 championship. And then, you know, hopefully everything kind of falls into place for that top four. So literally everything is in front of us. Every, all the stakes are extremely high. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to be in any other spot. And I think one thing that you can look at is there's never going to be an overlook when you get into this game. But at the beginning of this week, I think it was on Tuesday, we found out that the players had asked Dan Lanning to put on loop the fourth quarter of last year's game where Oregon State runs the ball, was it 19 straight times? They score on three consecutive drives without putting the ball in the air once. I mean, that is, like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, I like where Oregon's head is at in the heading into this game. Absolutely. I mean, they need, they, that should be such a bad taste in their mouth. Coming from a former D lineman, there is literally nothing more demoralizing than a team running the football over top of you, play in and play out. And it usually doesn't happen when you're down by 11 in the fourth quarter, right? Like, you're thinking they're going to air the ball out, and they did not. They kept it on the ground, and they just started feeding their running backs, and they just, we couldn't stop them. And so, I mean, if you don't have a bad taste in your mouth after that game as a defense, as a program, um, you know, I don't know what to tell you because that, that was – that was a bad deal. <laughs> that was a bad deal, and they made us look very bad up front. They out-physicaled us. They did all kinds of things. You know, they did whatever they wanted with running the football, yeah. and so that should be motivation in itself. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they are using that as motivation because those guys should use that as motivation. You know, and it's it, the, the wild thing about it is that if the defense is sitting there and they're the ones asking for it, there's very few guys that are playing these significant snaps this year that were even – on that team yeah. a year ago, because if you think about it, think about the the big playmakers that have stepped up and really made their mark, especially as the season has gone on, right? Whether it's Jordan Birch, who is a transfer from South Carolina. He wasn't on this team last year. You've got Justin Jacobs, who's a transfer. He wasn't on this team. Anybody in the secondary that, that yeah, you can really. look to. That's true. It's all been revamped. Mm-hmm. Even guys like Blake Purchase and Mateo Uyunglele, true freshmen that are on this team. I think that game right there, it really highlighted the importance of, you know, getting these freshmen that were already on, signed, sealed, and delivered on the way and, and really amplifying that transfer portal that they need to change things up front because with what you just said right there as a defensive guy, that hurt your heart to see. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts your heart. But it, it is interesting how much turnover – that these that both of these rosters have really had in the last year because I think one of the reasons why Oregon State didn't throw the ball at all is because they didn't trust their quarterback. Yeah. And that is a big difference heading into this year with DJ as well. I think that that's one of the cool things about this this game this year is the transfer portal made all of these rosters so different. But make no mistake, they bolstered their rosters to beat their rival in this game because Quarterback was an issue last year for the Beavs, and they got DJ. Oregon has done everything to plug all the holes in that defense. As a defensive lineman, what have you seen from from Oregon as they've kind of grown through this year with all those new names and faces? 
I mean, I just just keep going back to the defense and just how physical they are, right? Yeah. I mean, they're not being bullied by anybody. And that, I mean, that goes when you have a defensive-minded head coach that is all in on your defense all the time, you know, you could see it, right? Yeah. Coach Landon is a great defensive mind, uh, but he also recruits the right kind of players. You know, we've been trying to bolster our, our roster since I think we felt like we got, you know, we got embarrassed or did not embarrassed maybe, but just out physical by Auburn back in the day. Right. And so we've always kind of gone and the O line has done a great job of this and just of trying to get the dudes up front that can change the game. Right. And so, um, the portal has been great to us. Uh, we've brought some guys in, but man, I'd love watching our defense play. I love watching our guys up front. I mean, you know, as many sacks as they have this year, how much they get after the quarterback, you know, they're even, they're going to be even more motivated to do that with, with his brother on, on the D line, getting after his, getting after the older brother. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the stuff I'm looking forward to of just seeing the changes that we've done defensively to stop the run. With the way that everything has kind of played out for, for Oregon on that defensive side of the ball, they have changed. Now you have on the, on the flip side, Bo Nix is over there, and he's got a chance at some Oregon-Oregon State rivalry history with the fact that he can become the first Oregon quarterback to throw for 300 yards in two Civil Wars. Last year, he went over the 300-yard mark. Bo Nix, the beacon of efficiency coming off back-to-back 400-yard games, has a chance for a little Civil War history here. Yeah, and you know, as an Oregon fan, as an Oregon player, when you have a quarterback like that that is so comfortable all the time and has been in more big games than anybody, literally played more more start has more starts than anybody in the history of college football, you instantly have a bit of confidence, right? Because he has been so efficient all year and he continues to get better. I mean, he's the Heisman front runner. He should win the Heisman trophy. Um and when you have a guy like that that just doesn't seem to be phased, you know, going into a game like this, like the comfort level does, you know, as a fan, I know it does, but you just feel really good about it. And if he can go another 300 yards um, this week, he makes a a Civil War history too on his way out. I I know I don't want to like rip Band-Aids off and talk about bad wounds, but, um, you know, it wasn't in the matchup with Oregon State, but you talk about that confidence that you a team has in a quarterback – in a Heisman-type year, 2007, when you guys had Dennis Dixon, what did that do for your entire locker room to have a guy behind center that you had that that full faith in? Yeah, when you have a, a guy that's one of the best players on the team and the best, well, one of the best players in the country, and he's at quarterback for you, there is that confidence, right? When we had when Dennis was rocking and rolling and, and doing his thing, you know, we didn't think we'd get beat, yeah. um, and because we knew he would make the plays necessary to do you know to get us lead us to victory and so um it is i mean if you have a guy that you don't maybe trust as much or you don't think is going to be as productive back there you know you feel like you got to do more yeah um and maybe go outside of what you're normally do or try to do too much and guys try to you know try guys try to go over the top instead of just do their job but when you have things in place people in place that that's all you're thinking about is doing your job and knowing trusting your teammates that they're going to they're going to do theirs then good things happen you know one thing that I, I think Oregon's offense is is looking at and if you're a fan of this game and you're kind of going down the checkpoints is uh you know, Oregon State's defense is much improved. They are very well coached under Trent Bray, and they make they give teams headaches, and they have been getting better and better as the season gone on. 
Uh, but according to Pro Football Focus, they rank dead last in the country, 133rd in tackling, tackling, team tackling. And you have some guys with, yeah, I think they have four guys on the starting lineup with double-digit uh, missed tackles this season. And that's never a good thing no. when, when you are a, a defender. But if you are Oregon, you're probably licking your chops at Bucky Irving and Jordan James, who are two of the best at yards after contact in all the land. What is it like when you're on the on the other side of a guy, running back like Bucky Irving or Jordan James that they embrace the contact and they run through those tackles? Because it's got to be something that is is in your preparation throughout the course of a week. Oh, absolutely. When you have a guy like that, you I mean you are that's all you're preparing for, right? And I'd be, I'd be interested to see if is Oregon State not tackling in practice? Like, what is going on there to make yeah. you, you know, Pro Football Focus does a great job of really breaking those things down. And so, you know, that that is concerning as a coach, yeah. right? Um, but when you're preparing for a guy like that, I mean, it's it's all in. Um, you try to take away their best players, right? And you do, I mean, as a D lineman, you're not going to necessarily totally take away a quarterback because you're not going to be able to, you know, um, get get to him every single time and so your focus is that running back so uh you know those d linemen are spending a lot of time watching some bucky every film and they're probably a little you know the stress level's high so <laughs> we are inching closer and closer to kickoff the 127th installment of this rivalry between oregon and oregon state how long until we see the next one let's dive into that next this is the program an oregon ducks podcast preview on 1080 the fan Rivalry Special, brought to you by PG Long, on your home for Oregon Ducks football, 1080 The Fan. We're nearing closer and closer to kickoff of the 127th installment of Oregon and Oregon State. This is the program. Dusty Hara, Cole Linehan with you as we wrap this thing up. Cole, I, I, I think we got to talk about the, it's not even the elephant in the room anymore. Yeah. It is, uh, you know, this is the end for the foreseeable future of this matchup, the fourth longest running continuous rivalry in all of college football. And it's up in the air, whether we'll see it next year or in, in the future. And I mean, that just sucks about everything that's coming with realignment. There's a lot of things to be excited about, but this is one that you got to find a way to make this game happen and continue. Yeah. I mean, that's We just spent the last hour talking about how much this game means to people, right? (laughs) And the history of it. And just how you know the back and forth between fans and players, and and just how it it means so much. Yep. And so I, I'll be honest, if I, you know, excited about the Big Ten, you know, but I'm excited about the Big Ten because I feel like that we had to go there, right? Yep. It was like a lifeline that we had to choose, right? But the I remember seeing the schedule this year. Somebody sent it to me, and it was cool to see all these different names on here, but I couldn't not look at no beavers that's the yeah. first thing i looked for and right when i saw it that's all i could think about yeah was like what are we going to do here like how are we going to make this game still happen you know and who is going to block it who is going to you know what person you know is in charge and say hey listen i know this is all changing college football is changing you know we're going to a different league oregon state's still looking for one right but when, when can we like let's just make sure the civil war happens yeah because it needs to happen you know, they've been playing for, what, 126 times? Yeah. The first matchup was in, what, 18... 94, 96 90, or something. Yeah. And yeah. so to just take that away, I mean, that that's the biggest shame of this whole deal, yeah. right? I mean, 
that it, to me anyway, is that we don't get the opportunity to play this game and, and hopefully somebody makes it right. You know, I know, I think the, what Washington state and Washington are finding ways to play. Um, and I, I just, we, they need to make this happen. You know, that was really cool to see early or earlier this week that, you know, the Apple Cup will survive. They're going to find a way to make that game happen. And it may be in Seattle at, uh, you know, the Seahawks stadium at Lumen field at first, but then they're going to go back to campuses and, and, switch back and forth like we've come accustomed to seeing. I hope that, you know, cooler heads prevail and you can open up the schedule a little bit more on Oregon's side because that's the dumb thing about college football is that this should be easy and just say, nope, next year we're playing you. But they make these dumb schedules 10 years in advance. And, you know, next year it's Boise State, Texas Tech, and Hawaii and Idaho that are on the non-conference schedule for Oregon. Um, It's even four non-conference games, not just three. They need to find a way to make this game happen and, and because it does mean a whole heck of a lot to the state of Oregon and for guys like you that have the vested interest in it. Yeah, and, 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 local guy and, that played and it. both teams are, you know, are great teams, right? Yeah. You know, if you could, you know, if you, with the rankings and trying to get people, you know, the, as many good win, quality wins on a schedule as possible, you want games like this. Like, yeah. we don't need to go to Hawaii and play, you know, we can play. 45 minutes down the road and go to Corvallis and play, you know? So, uh, yeah, like you said, hopefully some, some leadership gets involved in this and they find a way to make this happen because, you know, I know for me, it, it hurts to not see this, for this to come to an end. And I'm sure I am not the only one in, in terms of, of, of the history and the, and the, and the feeling behind this game of how, how important it is to play. Well, man, this has been a ton of fun, and uh, we're going to be doing it again, and we're going to be doing it often yes. on a podcast. We're just crossing the T's and dotting the I's of the program. An Oregon Ducks podcast is coming. Cole Linehan, former Oregon Duck, 04 to 08. Um, he's going to be joining me every single week, and we're going to have a ton of fun talking Ducks and getting interviews with, you know, maybe not your brother who played at Oregon State, yeah. but your former teammates, coaches, and oh, yeah. people surrounding the Ducks program. There's a lot of ducks out there that love talking about the ducks just as much as me. So it's going to be a great time, you know, get, getting this thing going and, and talking ducks and, and, you know, what better day to start than the Civil War. So I know everybody's driving down right now and excited as we are uh, to, to see this game go. And, and uh, I just can't wait. All right. That'll do it for us. Coming up next, we start all of our pregame coverage, leading you up to a 530 kick between Oregon and Oregon State. Have a great weekend, everybody. This has been the program on The Fan. Go Ducks. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.